Hello everyone and welcome back to Creative Land. I have obviously been away for a while so apologies for me not getting the second half of this episode up any sooner but honestly there's just uh, I don't know if you've noticed but (laughs) there's a lot going on in the world right now and uh, yeah I've definitely been affected by some things uh, going on. So I'm trying to get back to it and hopefully we'll be able to get back to somewhat of a regular schedule. Um, Some crazy things have happened in my life that are really positive but I'll probably be sharing that more on the upcoming blog that I keep talking about. But for today's episode, let's get into it. This podcast is actually a continuation of my previous episode. So it's part two of reframing your way to creative success. Uh, Now you can jump in on this episode, but I'd recommend going back and listening to the first part because we go into defining reframing and understanding what it actually is. I'll put a link to the first episode in the write-up for this one on my website, so uh, you'll easily be able to find it. And okay, so let's jump back into going over the benefits of developing the reframing skill. And we are on number three. So we have to think of it in terms of... um, like the impact that that skill will have on us. So reframing is amazing for creatives because it promotes thinking that can lead to empathy. This is important because empathy is crucial to truly connecting with your audience. Before diving into examples, let's make sure we're all on the same page in terms of defining empathy. For the definition, I'm going to give you two. The first one comes from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. So that one is the action of understanding, being aware of, being sensitive to, and vicariously experiencing the feelings, thoughts, and experience of another, of either the past or present without having the feelings, thoughts, and experience fully communicated in an objectively explicit manner. Okay, so that's a very technical definition, but to help you understand my perspective uh, a bit better, I'm going to give you another definition from the website skillsyouneed.com, which is a website actually dedicated to, as their slogan states, helping you develop life skills. I actually want to look at that site a little closer because it seems to have a lot of really cool information. Um, And in case you're interested, the skill categories it has in their main navigation are personal, interpersonal, leadership, learning, presentation, writing, numeracy, and parenting. So yeah, it looks like a lot of good stuff there. Okay, but back to the definition that um, they have for empathy, which I really like. Empathy is, at its simplest, awareness of the feelings and emotions of other people. It is a key element of emotional intelligence, the link between self and others, because it is how we as individuals understand what others are experiencing as if we were feeling it ourselves. Empathy goes far beyond sympathy, which might be considered feeling for someone. Empathy instead is feeling with that person through the use of imagination. So this links nicely with reframing because when you are working on reframing, you are in essence looking at something from a different perspective. If you can really hone this skill, it will provide you so many opportunities to really put yourself in your client's or customer's shoes. And if you can figure out what your target audience wants and then add empathy to that when creating it, then you are really going to master how to connect with them through your work. I'm going to give you an example of this um, from my own work, but before I do that, I want to also clarify the difference between empathy and sympathy. 
we heard a differentiation in the original um, empathy definition, but for the purposes of really driving home how empathy is a key tool for creatives, uh, let's look closer. So sympathy versus empathy. We're going to point out the difference here. The first difference between sympathy and empathy uh, that creatives need to know is that sympathy is usually centered around negative emotions or situations. For example, someone's father dies and you feel bad for them. With empathy, it actually encompasses all feelings, meaning that you can empathize or understand positive emotions and situations from another's perspective. For example, your friend just broke a world record for chewing bubblegum the longest. (laughs) Uh, Through empathy, you can actually understand how exhilarating that is for them and truly imagine how happy they are or how proud they are. See, in the second scenario, you wouldn't sympathize with them um, because that would be sort of uh, a sad way of looking at it or a negative way of looking at it. You would empathize. The second difference between sympathy and empathy that creatives should be aware of is that with sympathy, one is often drawing on their own experience or a similar experience to feel badly for another. Whereas with empathy, you're using your imagination to make yourself feel. And again, either negative or positive emotions and with someone. That is really powerful for a creative because then you can empathize with anyone over anything in any situation because it's not limited to your own experience. That's the key. With empathy, there's true understanding. And when you understand something, you can work with it. Edward Norton, uh, the actor, has a really cool quote that really clarifies this point. And here's a quote. I've always thought of acting as more of an exercise in empathy, which is not to be confused with sympathy. You're trying to get inside a certain emotional reality or motivational reality and try to figure out what that's about so you can represent it. Now, acting is one specific creative pursuit, but you can apply that quote to any creative discipline. So an example from one of my disciplines is with my painting. I actually did a piece for a physician that specializes in delivering babies. Um, In fact, she delivered mine. (laughs) I was speaking with her once and I learned that she had no children of her own, but that she considered her legacy to be all of the children that she helped to bring into the world. Um, I couldn't have related to that through my own experience because one, I have a child and two, I don't deliver babies. However, when she was speaking, I imagined what it would feel like to be her. And honestly, it moved me to action of creating a piece for her that could capture that story and feeling, or as Edward Norton says, that represents it. I won't go into the details of that piece, but there is a write-up for it as well as an image of it on my website. It's called Ida's Legacy, and I'll put a link to it in the write-up for this podcast um, on my website. Now, one sort of caveat here um, when we're speaking about empathy is that I'm not suggesting that before you paint or write or create whatever it is you're working on, that you allow another's perspective to take over your own voice. However, there are a lot of creative disciplines where your success will come directly from being able to empathize with your client, such as graphic design or interior decorating. In these lines of creative work, your design has to evoke certain feelings or responses. And again, in any other type of creative endeavor, you also want that, but these are very specific. In the case of interior decorating, your client will want to feel a certain way in their home or room. And as the decorator, you will use your skill with color, texture, aesthetics, etc. to create that. 
You have to be able to empathize with what your client will experience within the environment that you're creating. In regards to graphic design, you have to be able to empathize in order to design for a specific target audience. For example, you might hate the color blue, but if you're working on a security website, then how you feel about the color blue isn't really important. In North America, the color blue is subconsciously associated with trust, loyalty, stability, confidence, etc. In the design discipline, it doesn't matter what you personally feel about design elements. What's important is whether or not the designs or solutions will resonate with the targeted audience. Um, and that's, again, not to say that you shouldn't like your work, but it's not so much about your preference as it is manipulating um, certain aesthetics in order to create an, a conversation or a dialogue with the targeted audience. Um, so you can see how empathy is a very important skill to develop as a creative and uh, the ability to reframe leads directly to developing it. With reframing, you're able to look at anything from multiple perspectives. So in the case of a creative project, that could be the buyer's or client's perspective. When you add empathy to that so that you can actually imagine how the client feels or will feel, then you can use your technical knowledge or your craft to effectively speak directly to them or even for them, again, depending on your discipline. So training yourself to always look at situations from varying angles, reframing, is really a foundational step in fostering empathy. Okay, so that brings us to the fourth reason why reframing really helps creatives and that is that it improves your ability to see valuable connections. Okay, so this one might take a bit more explaining, but there really is a connection, pun intended, uh, between reframing, connections, and creativity. The link here is actually what is referred to as divergent thinking. So on the website study.com, I found a really cool definition of divergent thinking in a psychology course taught by instructor Yolanda Williams that I really like. The course um, or article was titled Divergent Thinking, Definition and Examples. And so here's the definition. Divergent thinking, also referred to as lateral thinking, is the process of creating multiple unique ideas or solutions related to a problem that you are trying to solve. Divergent thinking is similar to brainstorming in that it involves coming up with many different ideas to solve a single problem. So many different ideas to solve a single problem. You can undoubtedly see how reframing links into this as it is very similar. When you're reframing, you're looking at a single thing and coming up with different ideas about it or, or different perspectives. I came across a really unique image by the Gaping Void Culture Design Group that visually illustrates this connection really well. I'm going to focus on a select part of that image um, to bring this point home. In the image, there's the title information, and under that are some scattered, multicolored, random dots. Then next to it is another title, knowledge, and under that are the same scattered, multicolored, random dots, but there are varying lines drawn to connect them all um, in different ways, like not every dot's connected, but it's, uh, you know, it actually, in an abstract way, it kind of looks like drawings you see of circuit boards um, when they do those um, drawings with lines and circles and different circles are connected um, and other ones are not. But what is being illustrated is that random bits of unconnected information or data don't really amount to much until you make connections between them. 
that's how you create knowledge. So the illustration then shows how you jump from knowledge to insight, from insight to wisdom, and from wisdom to impact. For our purposes, you could change the word impact to creativity. To clarify this a bit more, I'm going to refer to a really neat article that I read on Quartz Creative's website. Um, The article is, A New Study Can Help Us Understand How Creative People Make Unexpected Connections. Very long title. (laughs) In this article, they actually refer to a divergent thinking study that was done by researchers where 163 participants were asked to think of alternative uses for an object. So, for example... One of the objects was a sock, and one person offered that it could be used to warm your foot. Um, Since that is exactly what the intended use of the object is, then that's not really considered divergent thinking. Another person said you could strain things through it. So divergent thinking there because a sock was not designed as a filtration system. But um, that participant was able to look at the object through a different lens or perspective. Being able to see things from varying points of view is exactly what reframing is all about. There's a great quote about the subject from Steve Jobs. Creativity is just connecting things. When you ask creative people how they did something, they feel a little guilty because they didn't really do it. They just saw something. That's because they were able to connect experiences they've had and synthesize new things. And the reason they were able to do that was that they've had more experiences or they have thought more about their experiences than other people. See, with reframing, you don't necessarily have to have the experience yourself because you're using your mind to imagine various experiences or perspectives that you can then draw upon to make connections. As explained in Steve Jobs' quote, creativity is just connecting things and then synthesizing new things out of those internally revealed connections. So as a creative, I recommend that others looking to be more creative uh, actually take up reframing on a regular basis. If you're looking at an object, employ divergent thinking and see if you can think of at least five other ways that it could be utilized. If you're in a social interaction, see if you can put yourself in the other person's shoes and look at yourself from their perspective. You have no idea how much broader your creative vision will become and all the connections that you're going to learn to see through reframing. To leave you with something to chew on regarding reframing, uh, divergent thinking, connections, and creativity, I have another quote. I found this quote in an article called The Secret to Creativity, Intelligence, and Scientific Thinking, Being Able to Make Connections on the Buffer.com blog site. Um, Man, these are really long titles. (laughs) Uh, Here's the quote, and it's by Maria Popova. In order for us to truly create and contribute to the world, we have to be able to connect countless dots, to cross-pollinate ideas from a wealth of disciplines, to combine and recombine these pieces and build new castles. Love that. Okay, so that brings us to our fifth reason uh, for how reframing helps creatives, and that is that it gives you more perspective. And yes, I can hear your eyes rolling. You're probably like, duh, like based on the definition of reframing. Um, But I need you to really look at what I mean here. And I'm going to use an old movie to help me make it clear. In 2002, a movie came out called The Mothman Prophecy. And if you haven't seen it yet, I recommend that you do. It's very interesting. Um, It claims to be based on a true event and it stars Richard Gere and Laura Linney. 
I'll try not to give too much away here, but there is a scene in the movie where Gear's character, John Klein, is speaking to another character who has investigated the Mothman. Klein wants to know why they seem to know everything and make predictions, and the other character explains while looking up at a tall skyscraper that they're walking by, he says, um, if there was a car crash 10 blocks away, the window washer up there could probably see it. Now, that doesn't mean he's God or even smarter than we are, but from where he's sitting, he can see a little further down the road. So, see, he isn't actually up there with the window washer, but he is using reframing to think of what the perspective from there would be. But that's just one additional perspective. So let's take it even further. What would the car accident experience be for the two characters we were just talking about? They're on the ground and 10 blocks away from the accident. Would they even be aware of the accident? Let's say it was a super loud accident because a double-decker bus crashed through a large glass wall and metal beams into the lobby of a skyscraper. Those two characters would only hear something but not have any idea what it was. Okay, now let's think of the window washer. That individual would probably hear about the same, but he could also see what happened or maybe even saw it coming. His experience is completely different. Now let's jump again to the corner directly where the accident occurs. From that perspective, you have a completely different experience of the event yet again. We could keep going, um, the bus driver's perspective, the perspective of the passengers in the bus, the people in the lobby of the building, yada, yada, yada. But now imagine the kind of view, I'm using my air quotes here, you could have of this incident if you could experience all of the perspectives in your mind cumulatively. Well, with reframing, you can. So let's link this to creativity. Let's say you're a writer and you're writing this fictional accident in a novel. By using reframing, you could put yourself in the shoes of different characters and then decide the most engaging perspective to use, or you could use contrast to create a specific mood by writing it from two different perspectives. And I'll give you a quick example. So, so here's a sentence from a passenger perspective. Looking out the window, Betty Johnson was ripped from her restorative reverie and unceremoniously flung to the aisle floor. There was no time for fearful confusion to ripen into anger before she was again manhandled by the laws of physics and hurled forward into the windshield of the number 202 Downtown Express. Now, what if in the next chapter the author switches to the window-washing character? And it sounds something like this. Looking over the city, Martin lowered his meatball sub without taking a bite as he watched the number 202 Downtown Express jump a curve. His stomach already nodded in anticipation when the faint sounds of shattering glass and twisting metal reach his ears. See, you get a different emotional reaction when the two perspectives are contrasted. Depth is created. But you couldn't have done this if you didn't have a larger perspective to pull the bits you want from. So reframing can create that larger perspective. It actually reminds me of this painting that I saw once early in my visual arts career that taught me a valuable lesson about varying perspective, making something more interesting. When I first started painting, I painted these abstract series of trees that I titled Scorched. These trees were painted as if I was looking at uh, the tree dead on. And during that time, I saw this other painting, this beautiful painting of a tree that just made me want to basically become a better artist. 
The painting was from the perspective of being directly under the tree, looking up into the labyrinth of leaves and branches that, um, you know, they seem to spiral on forever. It completely conveyed the grandiose and like majestic nature of trees in a way that my conventional perspective didn't. If I sit here now and use reframing to think of all the points of view, I could come up with um, painting a tree. Uh, you know, I could be sitting on a branch of the tree looking out at something else and the, the branches of the tree could be creating a frame around that object or I could be under the ground next to the roots of the tree. I could be the tree looking down at a human. You know, we could keep going. The point is that anytime you add additional perspectives to your own, whether we're talking about uh, viewing an object, having a conversation, investigating an idea, the more ways you can come up with to think about it or view it leads you to greater understanding or knowledge of it. From there, honestly, creativity flows because when you can start connecting different bits of knowledge, you are literally making new connections in your physical brain uh, that lay the foundation for being more creative. That's actually the topic of my next podcast, so I won't uh, continue on that topic. Um, But okay, so that was a lot to think about, especially if you add it to the first two points that I made in part one of uh, this two-part episode. Of course, you can always listen to them again and sit with whatever resonates for you. So in closing, I'll just restate the five reasons that reframing is a creative's best friend. One, it allows you to be more positive. Two, it provides the tools you need to break out of victim mentality. Three, it promotes empathy. Four, it improves your ability to see valuable connections. And five, it gives you more perspective. These things are actually incalculably important for creatives. Did I just make up a word? I don't even know if that's a word. But my point is that like you really, you can't truly understand how important these things are when you're trying to be more creative. So I really do hope that you will start employing reframing on a daily basis. So I'll leave you with that. Until next time.